0: Are we in the Great Tribulation? Are we about to enter into it? What on earth is going to happen when it does come? And what will happen to you and your family? Well, This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I want to cover a couple of things you might not have thought about before and We'll start in Isaiah chapter 24 and just talk about it a little bit because I think the church needs to hear this. And they're not hearing it from the pulpit. It's a bit strange to me. Verse 1, chapter 24, Isaiah. Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. Now, do you mean to tell me that the earth is going to be blown to bits? No. No, 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 no. If that were to happen, Jesus would have no place to come back and rule in his kingdom. He wouldn't have a kingdom if he didn't have the earth. But let's go on. He devastates the surface of the earth and scatters the people. And you've heard me read this before, but it's talking about all kinds of people, priests and laypeople, servants and masters, maids and mistresses, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, bankers and debtors. None will be spared. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. Now, wait a minute. What about Matthew 24, where Jesus said, that the time would be cut short and some people would be saved. Let's go back and read that. Matthew 24. Well, let's start in 21. In other words, Matthew 24, 21. For there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began, and it will never be so great again. In fact, Unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive, but it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. So, because the earth will be completely emptied in verse 3 of chapter 24 of Isaiah, it doesn't mean that every last person on earth will go extinct. No but it will be emptied and looted. Let's go on. The earth mourns and dries up, and the crops waste away and wither. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. The earth suffers for the sins of its people. Wait a minute. What about all those million and multi-million dollar underground bunkers? Did you ever consider the idea of building one in your backyard? I remember in the Cuban Missile Crisis era in the early 60s where people were building these underground bomb shelters. I've seen a few of them. Some people built their houses completely underground. And all you could see was the air vents up on top of the slab. They built the whole thing out of concrete and steel. Well, what about that? Well, if there were someone trying to get those people and get their goods and their food and their water and their shelter, all they would have to do is monkey with the air supply system, which is above ground. So that makes their uh, enclosure a would-be grave. No thanks. Who wants, anyway, to be alive when all those around you are dead? No, forget it. So, But I have some good news, so don't tune me out just yet. The earth suffers for the sins of its people. Why? For they have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Remember Romans 6.23? The wages of sin is death. Exactly. It's not eternal life in the flames of hell either. And I can prove that to you very easily. Just go to Jeremiah chapter 51 and read verse 39 and 57, and you'll find out what happens to wicked Babylon. But it's not ever-burning conscious torment in the flames of hell. Why not? And what's another way to prove it? Well, if all the sins of all the world were dumped on Jesus and the penalty for sin was to go to eternal conscious torment in hell, then Jesus, in order to pay our penalty for us, would have to go to hell and be there for all eternity. Did you ever think of that? So, consider those things and look into it, because it's not a biblical doctrine. It came from Plato, who invented the immortal soul idea. It takes an immortal soul to burn forever and ever. And that's not something that's found in the pages of your Bible. Please look into that. The people, its people, must pay the price for their sin, why? Because they don't have Jesus as their savior. That's scary. A scary place to be. They are destroyed by fire and only a few are left. We just saw that in Matthew 24 verses 21 and 22. The grapevines verse 7, Isaiah 24 Waste away, and there is no new wine. All the merrymakers sigh and mourn. The cheerful sound of tambourines is stilled. The happy cries of celebration are heard no more. The melodious chords of the harp are silent. Gone are the joys of wine and song. Alcoholic drink turns bitter in the mouth. The city writhes in chaos. Every home is locked to keep out intruders. That's what we have today, pretty much. Mobs gather in the streets, crying out for wine. Joy has turned to gloom. Gladness has been banished from the land. The city is left in ruins. Its gates are battered down. Throughout the earth, the story is the same. Only a remnant is left, Like the stray olives left on a tree, or the few grapes left on the vine after harvest. But all who are left, and are still alive in other words, shout for joy. Shout and sing for joy. Those in the West, that would be the United States, maybe. We are West of Palestine, West of Israel. Those who live in the West praise the Lord's majesty. In eastern lands, like India and China, in eastern lands, give glory to the Lord. In the lands beyond the sea, praise the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. We hear songs of praise from the ends of the earth. Songs that give glory to the to the righteous one, that would be Jesus and God. But my heart is heavy with grief. Weep for me, for I wither away. Deceit still prevails. And treachery, which is another word for deceit, is everywhere. Terror, traps, and snares will be your lot, you people of the earth. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap. And those who escape the trap will be caught in a snare. Destruction falls like rain from the heavens. The foundations of the earth shake. Did you hear that? Why would that happen? The whole earth, the foundations of it all, shake? Well, if they have a nuclear fire in the Middle East, burning up oil in great plumes of smoke which cover the landscape and the earth is set on fire with it so that it covers the ground. What happens to all that black smoke? Well, as the earth turns, it gradually fills the whole atmosphere of the planet and it cannot be removed by rain for at least two reasons I can think of. One is that it blocks the sunlight. If there's no sunlight, the earth or the water that's on the earth can't evaporate into clouds to rain on it. And two, it'll burn so hot, it will fuse the molecules of the burnt carbon smoke to that of the air itself. So you've got black air. Don't breathe it. If you do, you're dead. It's toxic. So then why would it make the Earth shake? Well, if it gets so hot outside, it's like 140 to 160 degrees every day. What happens to all the ice on Earth? Well, it'll melt. And all that water will pour into the oceans. That's a problem. And what happens to our anchor, Antarctica? Well, it will melt, and whatever's left will not be enough to anchor the whole earth. That's why it will quake, if you ask me. It is violently shaken. Verse 20 The earth staggers like a drunk, it trembles like a tent in a storm. It fails, no, I'm sorry, it falls and will not rise again, at least the way it was. For the guilt of its rebellion is very heavy. In that day, and that shows you that this is prophecy, this hasn't happened yet. In that day, the Lord will punish the gods, the little g-gods in the heavens. That word can also mean of the heavens which means people worshipping stars and such, the proud rulers of the nations on earth. They will also be punished. They will be rounded up and put in prison. They will be shut up in prison and finally punished. The glory of the moon will wane and the brightness of the sun will fade. For the Lord of heaven's armies will rule on Mount Zion. That's Jesus. That's the good news. He will rule in great glory in Jerusalem in the sight of all the leaders of his people. That's the end of chapter 25. Let's flip a few pages back to Mark 14 for a minute. And starting in verse 60, Then the high priest stood up before the others and asked Jesus, and this is when he was on trial, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus was silent, and he made no reply. Then the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, Why do we need any other witnesses? We have all heard this blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they all cried. He deserves to die, unquote. Jesus is coming through the clouds, on the clouds, yes, but also through the clouds to get to earth. What do you think he's going to do? Leave it black sky from now on? No. He has the power to create the worlds. That's what they do. Him and His Father, God, are world builders they're architects they plan and build worlds that's what they do they fill the universe with planets and stars and galaxies they are our creators and they are the creators of all life it's all a setup so that we might join them one day as their children that's the best news anybody could hear if they would just think it over. So in that day of the Lord, that is coming. He will come through the clouds. They will be, and this is talking of the, uh, the wealthy elite, they will be rounded up and put in prison and finally punished. The glory of the moon will wane, and the brightness of the sun will fade, like I read before. But he will rule in great glory in Jerusalem in the sight of all the leaders of his people. Then chapter 25. O Lord, I will honor and praise your name, for you are my God. You do such wonderful things. Building worlds, that is a wonderful thing, no doubt. You planned them long ago, and now you have accomplished them. You turn mighty cities into heaps of ruins. Cities with strong walls are turned to rubble. Beautiful palaces in distant lands, like those of uh, Saddam Hussein, for example, they're now all bulldozed. They disappear and they will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong nations will declare your glory. Ruthless nations will fear you. But you are a tower of refuge to the poor, O Lord. So we have a refuge. Christians have a refuge in the Lord, our Lord Jesus. A tower of refuge to the needy in distress, That's who he is. He wants you in his kingdom. He's making sure you have what you need to be prepared for what's coming in the future and for his kingdom. You are a refuge from the storm and a shelter from the heat. See, there will come some heat For the oppressive acts of ruthless people are like a storm beating against a wall or like the relentless heat of the desert. But you silence the roar of foreign nations as the shade of a cloud cools relentless heat. So the boastful songs of ruthless people are stilled. In Jerusalem... The Lord of Heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast for all the people of the world. Wow. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. There he will remove the cloud of gloom. You see that? We talked about this last week a little bit but he will remove this great cloud, this black smoke cloud that will cover the whole earth. The shadow of death that hangs over the earth, he says. That's verse 7, chapter 25 of Isaiah. He will swallow up death forever. Now that is great news. Not just good news, that's fantastic news. If we die, it won't be forever. He will raise us from the dead and give us permanent life. That's what I'm looking for right there. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. Now, we read that before in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, as I recall. Maybe we'll read that in a minute he will remove all insults and mockery against his land and his people. The Lord has spoken. In that day, the people will proclaim, this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. Yea, This is the Lord in whom we trusted. Let us rejoice in the salvation he brings, for the Lord's hand of blessing will rest on Jerusalem. But Moab, now that's present-day Jordan, will be crushed. It will be like straw trampled down and left to rot. God will push down Moab's people as a swimmer pushes down water with his hands. He will end their pride and all their evil works. Well, these guys are Muslims. What's going to happen to Islam? It's going to be crushed, destroyed, ruined, gone off the earth. Where where else would we find that? I think that's in Jeremiah 10 and verse 11. Let me just see. Say to this, this is what it says in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 11. Say to this, who worship, or to say this to those who worship other gods, your so called gods, who did not make the heavens and the earth, will vanish from the earth and from under the heavens. Dropping down to verse 15, chapter 10 of Jeremiah idols are worthless. They are ridiculous lies. On the day of reckoning, they will all be destroyed. But the God of Israel is no idol. He is the creator of everything that exists, including Israel, his own special possession. The Lord, the boss, in other words, of heaven's armies, is his name, unquote. So the high walls of Moab or Jordan, will be demolished. They will be brought down to the ground, down to the dust. And that's the last verse in chapter 25. So we've read chapter 24 and 25 of Isaiah. Now get this, the best news is actually in chapter 26. In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song, Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And I trust that that's what's happening to you. You trust in the one and only true God. And Jesus Christ, the one that he sent. Verse 4. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. He humbles the proud and brings down the arrogant city, brings it down to the dust. The poor and the oppressed trample it underfoot, and the needy walk all over it. Wow. Wow. Talk about a turn of events. But those who are righteous, for them, the way is not steep and rough. You are a God who does what is right, and you smooth out the path ahead of them. That's what he's going to do for you. When trouble comes your way, remember him. He will smooth it out. Verse 8, Lord, We show our trust in you by obeying your laws. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. All night long I search for you. In the morning I earnestly seek for God. Do you do that on your knees every day? I hope you do. And study his word. For only when you come to judge the earth, this is the remainder of verse 9, Chapter uh, 26 of Isaiah. For only when you come to judge the earth will people learn what is right. We're not learning what is right today that much. Some, yes, but not enough. Your kindness to the wicked does not make them do good. Although others do right, the wicked keep on doing wrong, and more than likely they'll bring down the righteous rather than the righteous lift them up. And they take no notice of the Lord's majesty. They don't pay him any mind, they don't pay any attention to God. Verse 11 O oh Lord, they pay no attention to your upraised fist. Show them your eagerness. To defend your people. Then they will be ashamed. Let your fire consume your enemies. And that's what will happen. But I predict there will be fire in the Middle East. It's not me predicting it. It's in the pages of your Bible. It's right there. Just read chapter 34. That whole chapter. It'll tell you about who's who and who's going to get destroyed, and who's going to be lifted up. Lord, you will grant us peace, verse 12. All we have accomplished is really from you. O Lord our God, others have ruled us, but you alone are the one we worship. Those we served before are dead and gone. Their departed spirits will not ever Return. no eternal conscious torment they are going to die the death and stay dead forever you attacked them and destroyed them and they are long forgotten if they were still burning in hell they would be remembered by their relatives but now they are forgotten because that's the truth Verse 15, O Lord, you have made our nation great. Yes, you have made us great. You have extended our borders, and we give you the glory. Lord, in distress we searched for you. We prayed beneath the burden of your discipline. Just as a pregnant woman writhes and cries out in pain as she gives birth, So were we in your presence. We too writhe in agony. But nothing comes of our suffering. We have not given salvation to the earth. That's because God is the one that has to do it. Nor have we brought life into the world. But those who die in the Lord will live. You see, that's a resurrection their bodies will rise again. There it is. That's where in the Old Testament God predicts our resurrection. We don't go to heaven or hell when we die. We go to await our resurrection. We're not conscious. We're in God's memory bank. He's got us and he will bring us back to life in his time. Those who sleep in the earth will rise up and sing for joy. For your life-giving light will fall like dew on your people in the place of the dead. Verse 20, chapter 26 of Isaiah. Go home, my people, and lock your doors. Hide yourselves for a little while until the Lord's anger has passed. Now you could construe that to mean Yeah, I'm going to build an underground bunker and lock the door. Well, it's not what it says. Hide yourselves for a little while. Lock your doors. Go home, my people. Don't stay in a bad situation like being in Babylon. Look, the Lord is coming from heaven to punish the people of the earth for their sins, which he's mentioned before. The earth will no longer hide those who have been killed. They will be brought out for all to see. And that's the end of chapter 26. To tie this all together, let's flip on back to Revelation 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. The sea was also gone. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, from God, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne, saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. Now that's fantastic news. I can't wait. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Verse 5, And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. That's Jesus talking, by the way. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he said also, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in and staying with me. We are all going through trouble and trials, and those are increasing. Just hang in there and trust in the one and only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom he sent. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com. And you can read more, you can listen, you can watch videos. There's lots of things to build your faith, but no ads. I don't have anything for sale, and I don't want your email address unless you want to send it to me. My email address is in there. You can find it in my update. So until next time, I'm Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio, and thanks again.